Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Those times, and I, uh, I went through, you know, I've got 300 and some odd messages that I've saved on my iPad, and not very often do I ever, you know, without changing a lot of the message, not very often do I preach the same message twice at home outside uh, of uh, home I do but so I, I was searching and searching and finally uh, I woke up with the thought and uh, I hope and I pray that it comes over well hallelujah here we go Romans 13 oh and before I do get started I know I've said this several times right but I wouldn't be here without that guy right there also. Because there was one Sunday after I had made a valiant effort to teach Sunday school, the adult class, Brother Clemson, and I just fell on my face. And I went in and I told him, who was the Sunday school director, I said, Brother Steve, this ain't happening. He said, I said, I cannot do this. And he pointed that bony finger of a welder in my face and he said Brother Grant you're going to do this I thought what does he, does he have the right to tell me that and I, I say that truthfully and honestly amen alright that gave me that kick that I needed at that time Brother Steve to keep on trucking all right, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time. Okay, not a time to get high, okay, but high time. To awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And I asked Brother Cliff to show the amplified version says, besides this, you know what a critical hour this is. How it is high time now for you to wake up out of your sleep, rouse to reality, for salvation, final deliverance, is nearer to us than when we first believed, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on Christ the Messiah. And... I would like to speak to you this morning simply on that thought, high time. Amen. I ask Brother McCune if he would open up with a word of prayer here and that you would lift your heart to the Lord. And uh, let's pray that God would speak to us here this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Brother McCune. You may be seated. Hallelujah. 
one version, and I, I guess there may be a couple of amplified versions out there, but one version says this, says, it is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency. For our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night, this present evil age, is almost gone. Hello? Evil has almost run its course, folks. The Lord is about ready to open up a new chapter for the church. You believe that? Evil has ran its course, and it is almost done. Amen. But now, it says that do this, this version says, do this knowing that this is a critical time. It's a critical time. The church is not in critical condition, but we are living in a critical time. Critical from a medical point means you are unstable. Your vital signs are not good. In particular, blood pressure, body temperature, and heart rate. I know Sister Vicki would say amen, I think. Thank you. And so from, from a medical point, it means if, if you are in critical condition, you are unstable. Jesus said, know this, that in the last days, once evil has ran its course, the, the, the main Thing right before he comes, he says, there will be wars. Brother Cliff was introducing to me a, a new war, a takeover today from some African nation or something. He said, there will be wars. There will be earthquakes. There will be men's hearts failing them because of fear and because iniquity or lawlessness shall abound. The love of most people will grow cold. How many of you have met some people recently that are just a little bit cold in their demeanor towards you? And, you know, I'm not that way, okay? The, the normal me is I go out, I have fun. And I talk to people, and you know, we just, it's just the way it is. But we live in a day where people are very skeptical. They're, they're hesitant to get close to you. They're afraid that you're going to contaminate them. And I don't mean that from a critical standpoint. I'm just saying that, that people have grown cold. They have no, uh, no reverence of of uh, the basic uh, human touch. I want you to just imagine, if you would right now, check the vital signs of the world. If you could, if you could put a, a gauge on the world today, what would their vital signs, what would it read? 
I think they would be a little unstable, don't you? Sure. Check your neighbor's vital signs, all right? What, what's your neighbor? What are they like? And then how about you this morning? See, Mark 2.17 tells us, they asked a question. They said, why does Jesus eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Well, you see, because Jesus did not, he told him, he says, well, I didn't come to bring healing to those that were in good health. He says, I came to bring healing to those that were in a critical situation in life. He says, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. He said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. How many of you once were a sinner? Every once in a while, you still have to confess, God, I still am sometimes a sinner, Lord. I still come short of the place that you want me to become. See, you cannot help the world if you are in a critical stage yourself. You can't help somebody get healthy if you are unhealthy. I've been told that it takes about twice as many medical staff to treat somebody in critical condition. Hello. We are living in a critical time. We need healthy Christians. We need people that are spiritually in good health. We need spiritual people that have good vital signs, that, that you are right in your temperature toward other people, that you've got a heart that can be touched with compassion. You are healthy. We need healthy Christians at a critical time because the more that your need is, if you are unhealthy, it takes more care from the church to help you. Amen? We're, we, Brother Smith is a witness to that. People that continually to be in an unhealthy spiritual state it seems like that you just got to, you know, you're, all your time and all your effort goes to them. And because of that, because that, that we are in a critical time, we not only need healthy Christians at this point in time, but, but we also need to pray the Lord of the harvest to send labors into the field because of the time that we live in. Malachi 4 and 2, he writes, he says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. You shall go forward and leap joyfully like calves released from the stalls trampling down the wicked, he says. 
That's a healthy apostolic Christian, Brother Clementson, that has been baptized with the Holy Ghost, that has had the blood atonement of the precious Lamb of God that has washed your sins away. You should be in a healthy state. You should... The, the wings, the healing wings of the great physician have come upon you and you should leap joyfully knowing that you have been healed of sin. He didn't say just releasing, just jumping for joy. He said, but trampling down the wicked taking dominion over the enemy, taking dominion over that hindrance that is trying to stop you from living for God with everything that is within you. In a healthy apostolic, you tramp over that enemy. But to those who need healing, Bible says the Spirit of the Lord, when Isaiah prophesied it, and 700 years down the road, you had the God-man standing in the house of God. He opened the book they gave him, and he began to preach to him. And he said, this very day, he says, this is fulfilled in your hearing. What? He says, because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me to bring healing to those that need a doctor. Anointed me to preach good news. It's still good news to the poor. The one that is hurting. It's good news to them. To heal the broken hearted. Oh. Guess I can't do that, can I? To heal the broken hearted. I had a dream years ago and and uh, it was that I was preaching and for some reason there there I wasn't connecting with people for some reason and a voice spoke to me and said ask everyone in the that crowd ask them the question who has experienced a broken heart let me ask you how many of you have ever experienced a broken heart? Well, not 100% here, but in my dream it was 100%. You know why? It's because we all experience either pain or death or a broken relationship or a financial loss or something. And it brings grief to us. It brings a heart that is breaking. But I'm here to tell you and to remind you that there is a point in life if you will open your heart to the great physician that he will bring healing into your life. He will touch you in that place that is reserved only only for Him, He can bring healing to your heart. I know I've experienced it. 
to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. You cannot lead somebody to truth and light if you're blind yourself. You got to know who he is. You got to know who he is. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That means to preach this is the day when salvation and the free favor of God profusely abound. It's not just a, a, a little a message is just contained within a little box. No, sir, the writer says, no, you need to tell those people time and time again that when I come, I'm going to bring to them the opportunity to experience life more abundantly, a life that is fulfilled to the very top and overflowing. Profusely. Let me bring to you a couple of, of stories that were at a critical time. The writer said in Romans, he said, you need to wake up. He says, you got to wake up because you, you cannot have complacency. You are at a critical time in history. He wrote that how many years ago? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. They thought that the closeness of the rapture was then. How much more? Let me bring to you a couple of stories. There's a character in the Word of God named Samuel. We don't have time to go into his birth, you know, and all of that in his younger days. Other than we know that he was born in travail. And the Bible says the word of the Lord was rare and precious in those days. And the high priest Eli was going blind. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out in the temple. So the word of the Lord was rare and it was precious. And the preacher couldn't see very well. And his kids were not good kids. And he was almost blind. And the Bible says that Samuel found a place where he was laying down. And it was at a time before the lamp had gone out in the temple where the ark of God was. It was a critical time period in the nation of Israel. It was critical. The light was going out. The preacher had lost his sight. And the voice of God began to speak to the next generation. Hello. That young man who had been born in travail... And he had been ushered into the house of God and his parents, his mother told him, he says, this young man is on loan to God as long as he shall live. And we know she would always check on him, Brother Steve, to make sure that he was growing. She didn't know that 
He would be there that night at a critical time when the light was almost gone out and the voice of God began to speak to that young man, that next generation. We know that Samuel would go on to become prophet, judge, and priest. You see, God, the gap was so huge, Brother Ali. It was so tremendous there that God had to raise up the next generation, not in just a normal situation, but He had to raise up a child that was born, that was birthed by a mother that never gave up and never gave herself over to accept the idea of going to the house of God empty. She refused. We know Peninnah, she would go to the house of God and rub, her, rub uh, Hannah's nose in it and said, ha, 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 you don't have anything to bless the work of God with. Little did she know that God was just waiting for the right time and He was going to raise up uh, somebody that was going to fill that gap. I... I hope I'm talking to some young people here today. I'm here to remind you that you are the generation that more than likely will usher the very majesty and glory of this church into the clouds of heaven. And you've got to hear, you've got to hear the voice of God. You've got to hear His voice. Got to hear his voice. You think that it's the voice of man. You think that it's the voice of man. But I'm here to tell you that if you hear, if God keeps drawing you and nudging you in the Holy Ghost, that more than likely it's not the devil. It was a critical time for that nation. The answer would come from the house of God. We are as a nation, folks, we, if we are not at a critical time in the history of this country, then I don't know what is. And I'm here, I'm believing that, that the answer, the answer to our nation's problem, it lies within the house of God. It lies within the voice of the Master speaking to young men and young women, reminding them that they can be a change. Critical time for this nation. I'm sure that you and I both, all of us here, individually and probably collectively, if we could save this nation and turn it around, we, we would. We would. But the answer is not going to come from those in high places that are corrupt. 
The answer still is going to come in the house of God. The answer is going to come from the voice of God. It's going to come from God nudging people and getting them to the point where they finally say, Okay, Lord, it is you. But it will take the sensitivity of young people discerning the voice of God from the voice of men. And that is a very sometimes challenging thing to do in the day that we live in. A nation at a critical stage. Let me bring you another story how that they had to wake up a preacher. His name was Jonah. Sometimes it takes a storm to accomplish the will of God. I don't want that. I don't want the storm, Brother Steve. I just want to say, yeah, Lord, I'll go. I'll go. And we know the story of Jonah, of course, that he ran from God and storm came and he was asleep. He was asleep at a critical, critical time. Why? Because there was a city that was depending on his willingness to go and to preach them a message. The city of Nineveh, they say, well, whatever it was, 100,000 or more, they did not know that they had reached a critical point and the judgment was coming to their city. They didn't know it. Why? Because unless there is a preacher that is willing to go, people will be lost. Unless you can hear the message, you don't know what's coming your way. We know the story that we don't know what Nineveh was like, but we can imagine if it faced a time of judgment before the end of the world, then, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah were probably very like uh, cities of that nature, but they had reached a time when judgment was coming. The very lives depend on waking up Jonah. And they did. You see... Jonah didn't, he thought, whatever it was, he thought that just him, a single individual, that it didn't matter whether he obeyed the voice of God and the call of God or not. He didn't think it was a big deal, Brother Jeff. He, well, I'm just another preacher, it doesn't matter. But what he didn't recognize was the city that he was called to was depending on his the fervency of his message to warn them in time. Oh, come on. That's why we're here today. That's why I hope that you're here today in addition to your love for God. We're here today because we believe that we have been called to a city that is in need of the great physician at a very critical time that God has called you to. 
He would be the key to Nineveh's revival. Never has been one like it. Never has there ever been such a successful evangelist in all of history. Turned the entire city upside down, including donkeys. They all fasted. And God spared them. He spared the entire city. Why? Because they had reached that critical mass that God, that judgment was coming and, and, and there was a, a preacher that, that had the experience that literally he thought he was in hell. You read it. He woke up. He thought when he was in the belly of that well, he thought he was in hell. And something tells me that was part of his success is that once he experienced what hell was like and that well vomited him to shore, you had a new preacher. I'm here to remind you. I'm not just talking about the preacher and the pastor and the leader here of this assembly. I'm talking about you as an everyday, ordinary, God-fearing, apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled, blood-washed son and daughter of God. You have the authority to go out in that world and you have the authority and the responsibility to warn somebody not from, an, not from a, a shotgun uh, method, but uh, in a heart of compassion that reaches to them. He was at. He turned it around. Samuel turned his nation around. Jonah turned the city around. And one more, his name was Jacob. He was at a critical stage of life. A deceiver running from a death sentence. Genesis 28.11 said the sun was setting. It says, running for his life. Sun was setting at a certain place, and we know the story. Jacob fell down, and he grabbed an old rock, and he used it for a pillow. He was on his own there. There were no friends. There was no family. As far as he knew, there was no God on his side. He had really, really messed up trying to get what he always wanted. He had a hunger for God. Yes, he did, but he went about it the wrong way, and the Bible, now, you, you and I, he, I mean, he, he was at a very critical stage of life. He could not go back to his past, and he had no idea what the future held for him. And it was night, it was dark, he had clothes on his back, and there the Bible says that the sun was setting. Oh, in the middle of that night, and that right in the midst of a critical, critical stage in his life. What am I going to do? I can't go back home. Mom and Dad don't like me. My brother wants to kill me. I have no, I don't know where to go. What, where am I supposed to go? I don't know. And God created an environment that changed his life right then and right there. 
God can do that. God can do that. But God, you got no, you, you got no right to bless that man. After what he's done, you should not bless him, Lord. He is an absolute liar, deceiver. God says, I know. But he's reached that critical stage of his life where now I can enter in. God introduced himself as the same God of his father and of his grandfather. Oh, my word. You've got to be kidding. That same God that spoke to Abraham, the father of faithful and, and the, the son of promise, Isaac. God, you can't. Really, me? Why, why would you do that for me, Lord? The Bible says that he woke up in the presence of God. Don't tell me that you've gone too far. Don't tell me that your past is too ugly. Don't tell me that God does not have a bright future for you. Don't tell me that God can't pick anybody of his choosing and say, I'm going to bless him because I know that he's nothing at this point in his life. But if I can wake him up to the, the, the awesome presence of God and give him a dream and speak to, to him and let him know that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, that he is going to be changed. He woke up in the presence of God. Why? Well, because you understand is that God knew that the future was going to need that same man that hungered and thirsted. God was going to have to take him further to a place after years down the road and where it was only going to be him and that God once again at that place called Peniel and God was going to put him into an arena and put a, a wrestling hold on him and he was going to challenge him to see if indeed he had the spirit of a nation that he wanted. We know he did. I'm not giving up, Lord. I'm not, no, sir. I'm not, you, I reached a critical stage once in my life, and now Esau and 400 are after me, and I got nowhere to go but you, Lord. And we know that the Bible says that, that he wrestled, and he wrestled and wrestled until the dawning of the sun. Yeah. You see, now the sun was rising, and the Bible says that that angel touched the hollow of his thigh. I don't know how you possibly can even walk or, or get around with a thigh dislocated. And that angel says, let me go, son. The day breaketh. He says, not a chance. He says, you don't understand where I'm at, God. He says, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hang on to you until you Bless me, and I'm not walking away here until I know that I have been changed. You see, God was looking for In fact, he said, okay. He said, Jacob, 
Imagine God speaking into the ear and say, hey, what's your name again? Jacob. Huh. God wants to change your name. He says that he wants to call you from here on Israel. What does that mean? Because you have prevailed with men and with God. What does that mean? That means that he did not let Esau get in his way. He did not let anything get, he did not let Leah get in his way. He did not let anything, disappointment, his labor wages being changed ten times, he let nothing get in his way. He held on to it until finally God said, okay, son, I am going to change your name because you have a spirit that does not give up I'm going to name a nation of people after you. You. We're living in a critical time as we close. Worship team comes, Brother Long. Jeremiah writes in chapter 8, verse 22, he writes to a nation that is in such bad health, bad health, bad health. He says, is there no medicine for Gilead? He says, isn't there no medicine with, in Gilead? Is there no balm in Gilead? He says, is there no physician? Why has the health of my people not been restored, he said. He goes on, he says, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. They say peace when there is no peace. In other words, there was, there's only one great physician that can heal your wound. Everybody else will treat you as much as they can, but they do not have the same love and the same compassion for you as the doctor does. He says they only treat you lightly. They treat you like your soul does not depend on eternity. He said, but I'm here to tell you that your soul needs healing for all time. There's one remedy. And it is that blood that flows from Calvary's cross. I read an article here. As you stand with this, I read an article not long ago, and I don't know, I've, I've searched it a couple of times, and it seems to be true. It said that the antidote to a snake bite comes from sheep, comes from lambs. I don't know about that, but I know there is only one remedy for the snake bite, folks. There is only one way to get healthy. And it's not looking to the physicians of this world. It's looking to the only, the hospital that you need to go to. It's called the Cross of Calvary. Because there hangs the perfect Lamb of God 
There hangs the one that saves and brings healing to your soul. There hangs the one that took 40 stripes on his back for your healing of iniquity and bruise for your chest. He is the only medical expert. Why? Because he is the God-man. Because he created you. It's blood that makes atonement for your soul. It will never be anything else. There will be, I will not preach to you a, a, a healing that is superficial. No, sir. I will preach to you that the only healing will come from the blood of Jesus Christ and upon Calvary's cross. And you must, you must have that blood covering. You got to. That's the only way that you escape that death angel. You, you will not escape that death angel without that blood over the doorpost of your heart. We are in a critical time. Let me ask you this. Does the church not make up the body of Christ? You tell me, how many of you believe that Jesus Christ is in an unhealthy state right now? Oh, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He is more excited today because he is looking out over a very critical time period and he's wondering, he's wondering about does the church still, does my body still operate on earth with healing in its wings? Does she still have that fresh anointing of my spirit that brings healing to the brokenhearted and hope to the lost? He is very healthy and the church is in a healthy. You know why? Because the blood was There was no contamination in the blood of the Lamb. The seed of men had no part. That's why that we have the opportunity today to live spiritually in an absolute optimum health state. We're going to ask you here this morning, if you would, just for a moment. I sometimes, I don't do this very often, but today I'm, I'm just going to ask you if you'd close your eyes for a moment. And let me ask you this question this morning without anybody looking around. I would just like to young people, elders, whoever saying, whoever you are, I'm wondering today if you would be so brave to lift your hand if you need healing in your spiritual life today? Is there anybody, or if you, need, if you need healing in your physical body, if you have an emotional state, 
that needs healing, would you just lift your hand to the Lord? And then I ask you today, would you, would you allow the Holy Ghost to draw you to this altar this morning? And would you allow God to minister to that need in your life today? Only you can do that. Only you can do that. It's a critical stage for all of the world. It's a critical stage for your family. It's a critical stage for this church. It's a critical stage for myself. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, come on, that's it. Come on. You might as well just open up and be apostolic this morning. You might as well just open up and and just experience what God has got for you today. That's it. Come on. Hallelujah. If you need special prayer, if you, if you need special prayer, if you'll come right here to the front of the podium and we'll anoint you and we'll pray with you that God will bring healing to your life. That's it. Come on. Let's love Him. Love Him because He's worthy. Worship Him because He's deserving of your worship. That's it, that's it. Jesus. 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 You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. We praise you, we pray. That's it, that's it, come on. Let him bless your soul this morning. Let him bless you. Let him bless you, let him heal you. Let him heal you. That's it, come on. Let him heal you this morning. Let him minister to you today. Come on, is there, is there a call? Is there a call on you today? Is there a call? Is the Holy Ghost nudging you? Speaking to you. Bless the Lord. Oh God. Praise God. Jesus, we pray. Praise God. Jesus, we pray. Yes, Lord. 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 We pray for complete healing. Jesus, Jesus, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, I thank the Savior because He healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Yes, He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. He healed my heart. He changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God.
Yes, he picked me up. Oh, he turned me around. Oh, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Because he healed my heart. He changed my name. Forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank the night wanting a place to hide this weary soul this bag of bones I tried with all my mind but I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting a bag of bones just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. God picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my picked me up he turned me around he placed my feet on solid ground i thank the master i thank the savior because he healed my heart he changed my name forever free i'm not the same i thank the master i thank the savior i thank god lost another one I am free I am free yes I am free oh hell lost another one I am free I am free yes I am free cuz hell lost another one I am free I am free oh God I am free Pick me up, oh, he turned me around. Yes, he placed my feet 
Cause he healed my heart. He changed my name. He ever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Because he healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Thank God. lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Oh, yes. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. Yes, I am free. And hell lost another one. I am free. Oh, I am free. I am free. Oh, hell lost another one. Get up, get up out of that grave. Oh, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up. Yes, get up out of that grave. He picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my name
us, Jesus. You're amazing, God. Lord, we're so thankful for your blessing. God. Bless your power, God. 